I want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is people on Halo Talks. I have the pleasure of having Mark Moyer, the gentleman behind Win Again. We wrote the book Time to Win Again. We had the fortunate opportunity to meet with him a couple weeks ago. He's connecting athletes just like we're trying to connect executives, entrepreneurs, and capital. And we believe that his organization and his efforts are going to be integral to helping grow the Halo sector and get more professional athletes into business. Uh, so, Mark, pleasure to have you on. Oh, pleasure, Pete. I really appreciate it. And uh, boy, was I surprised, shocked, et cetera, to see the title of your book. I was like, I feel like I've seen that before. So I was like, <laughs> you know, that was pretty wild. That's great. So I kind of look at, at what you've done is, um, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are in the YPO organization and kind of leveraging, uh, you know, the, the network effect, if you will, of, uh, of CEOs and what they're dealing with and, and try to help you know, the masses get to the next level and, and be better at what they do and employ more people and, and continue on their mission and cause. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you started Win Again, where you saw the frustrations and the, the opportunity to do this, where, you know, there were some mini groups doing it, but it really wasn't on the scale that, that you've uh, put together. Cool. Yeah, I'll give you the short, long version or the long, short version or whatever it is. I'll try to sure. make it brief, but this, but um most of my career was spent in executive search in New York City area, especially within uh, the financial space. And then back in 2008, I drifted into and got into a career in business coaching of the individual versus working on behalf of the companies. And really my focus was helping everybody I spoke to elevate their game, whether it's uh, somebody who was in a, in a position in a job that they were really fired up to be in and really helping everybody make a transition to something that is much better. Uh, it's my deep feeling that everybody should wake up every morning excited, engaged, and fulfilled with what they do, regardless of level what you're at. And about six years ago, I started working with a retired hockey player who he'd been out for 10 years. He played for a long time. He had been day trading at home for seven years and his family was kind of like, hey, get out, go find a job. So he really didn't know where to, where to start. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, this guy was a captain of his hockey team, professional, uh -huh. you know, NHLer. He had all these accomplishments, but he didn't know what to do. So I, I was stunned. And so I, within five weeks of us speaking uh, throughout, he ended up landing a job as a, on a trading desk. And he was so excited. He said, Mark, you need to focus on athletes. And I said, well, wait, why? Don't they have everything they need? Uh, then I found out uh, pretty quickly that maybe half of 1% have what they need and everybody yeah. else falls off a cliff after they leave their sport. That's so, you know, when you take a look at, um, you know, companies and they set up, uh, you know, placement agents to, to help people, you know, fi find another job, 
I feel like athletes, you know, people assume that they have made enough money or they've saved enough money and they're just going to become a passive investor. I'm, I'm sure 90% of them actually aren't in that, uh, you know, financial position. So how do you kind of help them uncover, you know, look, I know where your passion was, obviously. I know what you're really good at. Um, unfortunately, you know, at some point your longevity won't let you, you know, be on the ice for that much longer or the, or the playing field. Um, so how do you help them diagnose, Hey, this is like a spot that's going to be at a cross section of, you know, what your talents are or what, you know, your, your, your abilities will allow you to do. That's a great question. So virtually every athlete I speak to don't realize what they bring to the table. They completely underestimate everything because they, in their perception, their identity is an athlete. Their identity is a football player, polo, whatever it is back, you know, badminton doesn't matter. Whatever it was, that's what they think they are. And when I, when I talk to them about the skills that they developed as an athlete that non-athletes don't have, you know, the ability to perform in front of fans, in front of a camera, being media friendly, being comfortable on a stage, uh, being able to pivot at a second's notice, being completely manageable and coachable, um, tenacity and grit. These are all skills that a hiring manager at a company would be thrilled to have. Or these are skills and capabilities that as an entrepreneur, the athlete will do very, very well. So once I've found that once they understand what they bring to the table, it's like switching a light switch. Suddenly their perception completely changes from it used to be and it was where an athlete would is approached by so many people saying, hey, Mark, you'd be really great in real estate. Hey, Mark, you'd be great selling whatever product I'm selling and turning it around so that the athlete can now decide and be proactive on what they will be doing for their future instead of reacting to what these other people are shoving at them. You know, what I've seen more recently, I think, in recruiting and hiring processes have been companies that don't necessarily say, I need someone that has five years experience, like directly in the field I'm in or needs to have this proficiency in Excel or PowerPoint or financial modeling or these accolades or certifications. Yeah, I feel like they're really saying like, hey, I'm building a team. I need some athletes. And if, I can tr- if I'm confident that I can train someone, then I want someone who actually is, is trainable, like you're talking about. I usually say, to my health club operators, like throw a jersey on someone and put the number on the back and put their their last name on the back and, and then see how they perform because they're probably going to perform if you actually give them the tools to do that. So have you kind of gone in and say to an athlete, look, let me take you into a domain that you might not feel comfortable with, but I know that you'll pick it up. And I'm going to convince these recruiters that they're not looking for somebody who maybe brings knowledge, but they also bring baggage of how to think about, you know, growing a business. Let me bring you a, a D1 or a professional athlete and let's see how that goes. Well, absolutely. In fact, I host events on a, a platform I call the Club Rem, which is basically Zoom on steroids. It's an incredible hey. platform that allows people to move from table to table and interact with each other as much as they want. And uh, one thing I've seen is that when I bring an athlete into that space, typically they're a little bit interestingly, nervous and sort of timid to speak to executives and founders and people with that have accomplished a lot in the business world. And the moment that they realize, again, that they bring a lot to the table, just as much as the executive uh, you know, might bring to the table, then it becomes a much easier conversation to have. And one of the things I realized pretty early on was that I thought that 
I would create a, a platform for athletes to all connect with each other. And then I really quickly realized that they didn't really care about connecting with other athletes. They wanted to connect with successful business people. And then business people really want to connect with athletes. So it was a, an interesting and a, an easy sort of marriage of the two that uh, has become a pretty successful. And that's what, again, I feel that um, an athlete, again, once, once they see that they can be truly successful and be elite again, uh-huh. Once uh, they leave their sport, uh, if you just show them the the map and the and the uh, and the destination, then they're off running. Do you feel that professional leagues, and I don't know if they're doing this or not, so you can tell us, are they providing this on the front end? You know, like a professional running back in the NFL probably has a three to four year, you know, life cycle. You know, for better or for worse, right? just the, the amount of hits that they're going to take or the potential for injuries, you know, how much of the professional leagues or could you, or do you go to them and say, Hey, look, we got to make sure that there's a, there's an off ramp here that doesn't turn into something that could be very negative. We got, you know, we got concussion related issues in, in several leagues. We've got, you know, loneliness, we've got depression, you know, we've got, Hey, I'm a star athlete and then I'm not anymore. Um, I can't imagine what that could feel like to somebody um, to dedicated their life to a sport, uh, is it, is more and more of that happening or are you seeing an opportunity where maybe the club room kind of gets in on the front end to say, Hey, look, I'm going to take you through your, your athletic career. And I'm also going to provide you, you know, this is the exit and, and it's at the same, same rate and the same speed. Yes. And no, uh, okay. <clears throat> the, uh, the yes part is that the leagues are providing more resources and content for their athletes to absorb, learn, and so forth. I still feel that even though I've seen a greater uh, participation rate of athletes in, let's say, off-the-field activities uh, as entrepreneurs and so forth, I still feel that they are incredibly ill-prepared for life after when they retire. Now, on one hand, does the NFL, NBA, et cetera, do they need to prepare someone to leave them? I don't know, maybe not necessarily. Um, I mean, if does Microsoft prepare someone to go to IBM? No, they, they're focused on their time here. Right. So I understand a little bit of that perspective. At the same time, when they provide resources, I feel that they focus so much on, hey, how about everybody just get together and play some golf and smoke some cigars and, and do these really fun events as opposed to really truly helping them figure out, well, what is their again, their identity outside of their sport and what can they really, really be good at? How can they leverage things that they may have developed as an interest while they're playing or even earlier into something that they can really be successful with afterwards? Do you see that there's, you know, maybe not, you know, uh, empirical data, but like what, where are some of the athletes that you've worked with found the best home, such as, you know, a franchise concept that, you know, maybe has an operating manual and they're, you know, they know how to run a playbook, you know, but they don't necessarily want to have to be the ones to come up with the idea or maybe like a, a network, not, I wouldn't say like a, 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 a network marketing organization, but you know, they've got a lot of relationships. They can probably open a lot of doors and they're probably good at sales and, and business development. So where have you seen some of the best spots for people to look, you know, just on average? So I, I, I know you're going to hate the, it depends answer, but uh, I found that most athletes tend to trend towards anything that's entrepreneurial that doesn't require 
a them sitting in an office from nine to five or whatever it might be. They're just not, that's, that's not them yet anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I find that many of them or most of them are getting into either becoming an entrepreneur or running their own business and or getting involved with sales or business development. Uh, some of them do absolutely get into franchising, um, whether it's, um, it can be food related, sporting goods, whatever it might be. So um, there are definitely uh, opportunities that I see. I don't see as many get in, getting into corporate. Some do, but most, as I said, when they can operate at their own and look, they may work 14 hours a day instead of nine to five. But the point is that I think many of them choose to have that freedom that uh, they can really run with their, their sort of athletic tool belt. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you work with, with, with athletes? Do you do one-on-one coaching? Do you have uh, you know, small group training? Obviously you have the club room. That's how we met you originally. You've got a lot of tutorials and, and content for people to, to kind of you know, leverage that on their own. So do you take on a certain amount of clients every year? How, how does your business work? Yeah, the, to me, the most successful are the one-on-ones simply because um, athletes are sometimes reluctant to open up about their, what they consider to be weaknesses, even though they're not weaknesses, but they're, uh, so one-on-ones tend to be much better. I tend to do much more of a, what I call a boot camp or training camp style, where instead of a one call a week and so Pete, you know, why don't we talk today at one o'clock, blah, blah, blah. And then next Tuesday at one o'clock, well, you know, because then what I've found is that, um, I mean, this isn't therapy. This is trying to get people going right away. And I'm from New York city. I'm balls to the walls, like, let's get things done now today. Uh-huh. So my feeling is that by giving them two, three, four calls a week where we're just, I'm just constantly pushing them, motivating, motivating, things happen much faster. They stay motivated. The momentum really kicks up a notch and they don't have to wait until the next call, which I've always found to be, um, I mean, look, some coaches use it as a successful model to keep people engaged for a long period of time. That's wonderful once things happen, but until things start happening, they, they can't, no one wants to wait. You know, I don't want to wait. Oh, so anyway, when you take a look at, um, you know, like the, the, the basics of, of, of becoming an entrepreneur, there's no reason if you're a captain of a hockey team that you would necessarily like take your off season and say, Hey, let me go take this, you know, online or offline, you know, business school class or you know, let me take a three month boot camp or go to like a executive education because it's just not near term enough for you to, to make that investment. So when somebody comes in, um, to you, is there any kind of like a boot camp or like a crash course to say, look, let me give you all the acronyms that you need to know in order to get into each one of these. And maybe here's like some required reading, or let me do a case study on this. How do you think about, you know, you're basically having someone come in at 30 years old or 35 or 40 and say, look, you kind of missed the last 10 years of business. Let me get a catch you up. Well, the interesting thing is that most athletes, especially as they're still playing, are not interested in ever thinking about plan B. Their plan A is plan A and it's plan A through Z. I mean, that's all they're focused on. And when someone tries to approach them and says, uh, you know, John, you better prepare for your life after sports. They're like, no, I don't need to. I'm in here now. And everyone fully realizes there will be a day where they have to hang up their cleats and it always comes sooner than they expect it does. But 
to, to try to convince someone, hey, listen, you need to start taking courses in blank. Uh, and it, it's tough. I think instead, if I like to ask them to start focusing on secondary interests, I call it, instead of plan B, it's what is it yeah. that you like doing on the side, whether it's photography, music, fashion, you know, real estate, and even if it is finance or legal stuff, but if it's something that they have an interest in, look, every one of these men and women have secondary interests that they've developed over the years. They may not realize it's completely there, but then you get them a little bit involved with that. Suddenly it can become something that becomes much bigger when they, when they, uh, when they retire from their sport. You know, as you take a look at the fan base on a lot of the, you know, sports teams who were just talking about the Giants, I'm sure there would be business people lining up just to say, hey, if I can just interact or help Saquon Barkley or, you know, Michael Strand or pick, pick a name or, or even somebody that might not be well-known to everyone else, but it's obviously well-known to the fan base, are those people showing at the club room or do you like, you know, episodically get people to say, look, if there's somebody that I could help and help you, like I'm all in, like my phone is on, you know, speed dial. How, how does that kind of work or play out in your mind? Well, and your world? that's another, that's another big time depends because, um, some athletes focus so much on the fact that they are a celebrity and that they should be getting things for free and they should be asking for appearance fees and all that sort of thing. And that's something that's been drummed into their heads by their agents and then and so forth and their family and whatnot, that it's impossible to really want to deal with them. On the flip side, you have others who's, who are almost, um, I don't want to say apologetic, but they're humble about being an athlete, even a successful one, because they say they realize that they can learn from other people that are experts in their own fields. And so, uh, look, the, the athletes that come into the club room are for sure ones that are interested, very, very interested in business and in meeting other business leaders and founders and, and uh, investors and other successful uh, people. So it, again, it depends, but the ones that I'm drawn to and the ones that are drawn to me are the ones that are truly interested in being sponges and learning and, and meeting new people that can elevate their careers. Um, you know, you mentioned a second ago about Saquon or Michael Strahan. Um, look, if if an athlete has a pretty significant name, especially while they're playing, then yes, they can pick and choose whatever they want to do. The the can the, the sort of catch to that is that especially in the NFL, there are typically fifty or sixty players that people are like, wait, who, what, never heard of them, backup tackle, whatever it might be, and. Yes, maybe there are some diehard Giants fans that know the third string tight end or something, but the rest of the planet doesn't care, doesn't know, and has no real interest in wanting to hire them because they won't necessarily open doors for clients or new customers. So it, it can be challenging unless it's a big name. Got it. So in 2023, what do you've got on tap, either whether it's, you know, club room virtually, whether it's, you know, thankfully we're doing live events now. Yeah. Um, you know, talk to us about, you know, maybe how some of our health club clients or, you know, franchises, we work with a lot of groups that are, you know, whether it's Orange Theory or Gold's Gym or Boutique Fitness that, you know, would be a natural, you know, area for, for athletes to become a part of. Uh, so one interesting, I guess, um, side, uh, I mean, something that came about these club room events that I really didn't expect was the sort of, it became a magnet for companies that are in health and wellness and in, in sports and nutrition that wanted to be more involved with what I do and what we do and the network we have and the platform that we have. 
And so I've gotten some really fascinating uh, meetings with uh, you know the founders and CEOs of companies like Brainlit, which is a bio, the world's first biocentric lighting system, with the Beamer Group, and they you know they have the Beamer mats, which are pretty incredible. With a company that's going to be launching in a couple of weeks called Electrolyte Boost, which is, according to the founder, the world's first um, truly consumable um, electrolyte product that's in a sort of crystal format that you just pour into your mouth without having to drink water and so okay. forth. Um, so there's all these different things that are coming to me, which is great. So I, I would love to connect and interact with anybody listening here that would like to hear more about that stuff. But yes, more live events for sure, especially here in New York, but I'm going to try to uh, get those going around the country. Secondly, um, the club Realm online events happen pretty much every week and they're, they're fantastic. Um, also yes, more coaching and more, uh, just really, I call myself sometimes a dot connector, really connecting people is something yeah. I've gotten to be okay at. So that's great. Well, we've got a um, we've got a five uh, course uh, two week boot camp um, called Halo Academy. So we'll talk to you about after about maybe yeah. uh, having you uh, you know become like a guest speaker on there. Um, love to you know to really you know get get the word out because we believe that the more athletes that we can get into the Halo sector, the stronger it's going to be. And and we believe that you know if you're running a health club. You, know, you you basically like putting a team on the field and the team is, is the floor of the health club. And there's no reason why, um, you know, that kind of mentality and, and psychology is, is how you build a winning team, you know, inside of a business. And there's no desk jobs, uh, you know, in, in the halo sector, uh, you know, so to speak. Sure. Um, so, so in closing here, do you have any like, uh, you know, quotes that you live by or some of the, uh, things that, that say, oh, lawyer says that all the time. And, that's kind of your, uh, you know, one of your, one of your top sayings or phrases. Oh, well, I've got a few, but, um, I don't know if any of them are print. No, um, uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Bring it. look, Bring my, my biggest you thing, want. you know, my biggest thing is, you know, I, I always tell people be proactive, not reactive and always ask, always ask. And another one is, you know, I always tell people, you know, don't sell yourself, allow yourself to be bought. And one of the things I mean by that is that people, we all have a tendency to feel that the world wants to hear about all of our stuff. And we, so we tell everybody everything we need that we think needs to sell, or, you know, we need to give everybody everything on the menu when at the end of the day, all they really care about are a couple of items. So instead of constantly selling yourself, sell, 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 allow others to buy you, just provide them what they want to hear by asking questions first, ask questions, find out what they're needs and wants are whatever it might be and then feed them just what they need. Don't feed them the whole menu because they're not going to be interested. Um, but one thing I uh, wanted to ask you, I'm going to pivot around on you sure. because I, I'm so used to interviewing people and not being interviewed that uh, it's killing me. So Pete, tell me a little bit about your, your plans for 2023. Yeah. So, um, you know, one, one of my biggest plans is um, to try and get the term halo uh, out there is the, the acronym that people use for the industry. So a lot of groups, you know, such as your, you know, brain lit or electrolyte boost, you know, they might say to somebody, Hey, I'm in the supplement space. I'm in the better for you food. I'm in the, you know, uh, brain enhancement space. At the end of the day, you know, they're part of the health active lifestyle outdoor category. And I want to basically take all the companies that should be underneath this acronym and make sure that they're all talking to each other. There's no reason why electrolyte booth shouldn't be in every health club that we have a relationship with, right? Get them in a thousand orange theories. How are they going to do that? They're going to be part of a halo sector event. 
And they're going to say, oh, here's my distribution partners. Here's my product companies. Brainlit. Everyone that wants to, to focus on their mind and body, sometimes forget about their brain as, you know, what I need fuel for my brain. So if I can get all these groups to start talking to each other, we can kind of create like this much larger ecosystem that everyone kind of saying, oh, I'm in the corporate wellness industry. Oh, I'm a boutique fitness industry, uh, uh, offering. Yeah. I'm in the vitamin sector. You're not. Like you're all part of like somebody who wants to live this kind of lifestyle. And if we, like you, could connect all those dots, then I think we bring more capital into the sector. We just would be generating more revenue. What I'm trying to do with my team over the next several years is, you know, can we solve loneliness, obesity, and diabetes? And the way to do that is getting companies more capital. And if they're smart enough to get the capital, then all these things are going to be eradicated without having to do, you know, find the cure. I mean, do you have to find a cure for obesity? No, we, we have the activities. <laughs> we have a cure that, already. Right? Yeah. You know, loneliness. Okay, loneliness is you being alone, right? Can we have right. activities to get you out of your house and actually get your peers that make you more accountable and make you feel better about the life that you're on. So, so that's one of the things we're doing. And the second is, you know, my core business is trying to get people to invest in entrepreneurs and invest in companies. And the last three years have been really hard because everyone says, you know, well, where was this company pre-COVID and where are they now post-COVID, you know, and, and trying to huh. connect yeah. that capital. There's been almost like a, like a pile up on the LIE of, uh, you know, all these <laughs> companies that are, that are cash strained or they can't really do anything with their business because they're not back to pre-COVID. So those are, those are my two of my, my big initiatives, but it's really to make sure that we get the right people in the room or get people saying, Hey, I'm part of the halo sector. What does that mean? And then get all these investors to say, Oh, I invest in consumer. I invest in retail. I invest in business services. All right. You've invested in the halo sector. And if I could start having them use that, then everything kind of cascades from there. Well, you know what? I'll have to tee up a chat with you and uh, Joe DeSena of Spartan, if you don't know him yet. He's oh, yeah. I met him a long time ago. Yeah. We, have, we haven't connected. I saw his show. I like this show yeah. on that uh, where he brings people to the barn. Oh, that was pretty awesome. That, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll, have to, I'll have to check that out. You know, it's yeah. funny. When when we, I did a podcast with him a couple weeks, just, just before COVID. And we met at, a, at my friend's uh, studio here in, in Manhattan. And you know, he said to me, he'd been on something like 280 podcasts, but I was the first one who actually called and had a conversation with him before we actually did the recording. You know, he says, uh -huh. people just schedule it and do it. And I was like, are you kidding me? Really? I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh -huh. anyways, um, now I guess I'm curious to hear, so Halo is, uh, so that's not really a term out there because I feel like I thought I'd heard of it, maybe not. So I mean, maybe you heard it from us. I mean, we've been using yeah. it for three to four years. Okay. Well, let's get it out there and sure. Yeah. Perfect. Happy to do that. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll be back in the city pretty soon. So why don't we uh, plan on getting together uh, in person and we'll show you what we're doing for 2023 and see how we can align forces. Would love to. I yeah, mean, it's been great. Who, who better than someone else who has win again in the book title? You got it. Love it. You got it. All right. Awesome.